0: Art is too important not to share. Welcome to the Allie and Callie ArtCast. Hi, I'm Allie. And I'm
1: Callie,
2: and we're with the Coeur Arts and Culture Alliance. Hello, everyone. Hello, Miss <laughs> Callie. Hi, Allie. How are you? Good. How's rehearsal going? Oh, uh, good. We've ran through the show, so we're getting ready to open. I'm trying to sell tickets. Hey, guess what? I'm going to offer anyone who listens to this show, this will run for two weeks. If you use my first name, you can get $4 off your ticket. The name is Callie. C-A-L-L-I-E. I want to sell tickets. You want to come see this show. It's Sunday in the Park with George. I made some parasols this week. Yesterday, I saw a picture of those parasols. I, because I was uh, using an umbrella and it was bothering me because it wasn't, period. Oh. So I was like, I'll just buy a parasol on Amazon. Well, they only have these plastic parasols. So I was like, oh, well, that's not going to work. So I was like, Amazon well, failed you. Eh, they failed me. Uh. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get. I went to Joanne's Fabric. I bought fabric. I actually so hand sewed all this lace and fabric all over it. I mean, I did that all day yesterday. My neck is killing me. (laughs) I was like, Wow. My hands are killing me. My arthritis is like... oh! But it's so worth it. So when you come see
0: the show, notice my pretty parasol. I will. I I used (laughs) Callie in the promo code today when I bought my tickets for for opening night. Yay! Yay! So it runs for two weekends, so don't miss it. So that's what I did. What are you doing? Oh, my God. I took on a project in my basement. Mm -hmm. I am painting the walls black. I know. I... And they look so cool. I I love that. Black with white trim. I it's kind that, of a blue-black.
2: I can't wait to see it, because I, I think that's fun. Yeah. I would do it. I know. Stu would be like, what? He, he criticizes my color choices sometimes.
0: Right. Well, Kevin, Kevin, when he came downstairs, he's, you know, his first reaction <laughs> was, because uh, I said, you like it? <laughs> uh, I think so. <laughs> I think it looks cool. You know what? It pictures. makes the artwork pop
2: I was gonna say I bet it looks like a gallery downstairs it's cool I think it's cool
0: yeah well we're cool (laughs) well of course we are so we have to we have to make our house look cool that's right (laughs) live up to us (laughs) right (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. Well, we have someone
2: very cool here today. We do. Very excited about this because we've heard
0: him play many times. Many times. In fact, the first time I met Adam Mm -hmm. was um, when we hired him to play at the Mayor's Awards in the Arts. That's right. Yeah. And that was very cool. And he... um, well, I don't want to say that he got a following from that, but he certainly got some attention. Mm-hmm. Don't you agree?
3: Oh, I was stoked to do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that, that was, was really cool. It was yeah. really
2: fun. And now look at him. He's he's known all over.
0: As, as a handpan man. Handpan man. <laughs> and also his stage name, Ethereal and E. Yes, so tell us a little bit about yourself and how
2: did this all start?
0: And thank you for coming. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
2: all <laughs> of that.
3: Thanks for having me. Okay. Well, how did it start? So, gosh, I mean, do you want me to, to like go way back? Are yes.
2: you from Coeur d'Alene?
3: I am not from Coeur d'Alene.
2: Where are you from originally?
3: Um, originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Oh,
2: I'm an Ohio oh. girl. Oh, are you? Okay. Well, I, I lived in Shelby, Ohio, which is really small outside of Mansfield. Field. Okay. Yeah, my dad grew up in Ohio. So right
3: on. Ohio. Yeah, I uh, I grew up on a farm right outside of Cleveland, mm-hmm. and uh, gosh, so... Um my, I went to a church when I was a kid. We were like really religious family. And, uh, at the church I went to, they had like a full band on stage, you know? Mm -hmm. And my dad was just enthralled with the drummer, like always just loved watching the drummer, having the drummer's energy, whatever. Well, um, my dad, uh, unfortunately he, he had bipolar disorder. And, uh, when I was 11, he ended up committing suicide. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Anyways, I, I think that this part of me that saw my dad just, like, enthralled with the drummer uh, at our church, I think it, like, brought out this part of me that, like, wanted to get the attention of my dad, even though he was gone, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Sure. And so, anyways, uh, I started drum lessons right around the time after my dad died, and I um, And I just, I remember also being the kid that was just like always tapping on something, you know?
1: Yeah.
3: And uh, anyways, um, I ended up getting involved in a garage band with some of my friends. And then I actually ended up being the drummer at the church that we went to. Mm Oh. And I played on stage. And I had this kind of like experience of like being a rock star, being on stage performing in front of a bunch of people, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, anyways, I... Went to college and I got married, had a baby, and like this, you know, the whole rock star dream, you know, just wasn't reality, you know. <laughs> right. And, uh, anyways, uh, I ended up, so how I got to Coeur d'Alene uh, from Cleveland is basically I went to college in Indiana and uh, I met a woman there. We got married, and after college, um, I had this, like, I also have bipolar disorder, by the way. Mm-hmm. So, like, I do kind of things to the extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, And uh, that's like the mania part of me. Anyways, um, I was fascinated with everything North and like, the arctic and uh, Alaska and I convinced my new wife uh, to buy an Astrovan with me we took the seats out of the back of it put an air mattress in it mm-hmm. and we were gonna drive to Alaska mm. and uh, when we made it to Alaska we were really gonna find a place to live and stay or we were gonna turn around and go back down the west coast until we found somewhere to, to live uh, well we didn't make it to Alaska we made it to Post Falls <laughs> 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 and, uh, Just
0: a little different. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Just
2: almost, not quite Alaska. No one's too Alaska. We,
3: we uh, were staying, my, my ex-wife, uh, her family grew up in the Coeur d'Alene area. Mm-hmm. And so she had friends here. Mm-hmm. And so we were stopping and visiting some of her friends in Post Falls. And uh, while we were in Post Falls, we found out that we were pregnant. Oh so uh we were like, you know, we we probably should like stop and get a place to stay <laughs> Maybe and, we and stay post. Get jobs, <laughs> insurance, have a baby, you know. Mm-hmm. You know oh adulthood reality. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> reality really set in. And so, so yeah, so we did that. And we stopped and stayed. And uh, my child is 16 now.
1: Mm. Wow.
3: I know. Fast forward just a little bit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. So anyways, we ended up getting divorced. And it was a really, really hard divorce. And it was a, a low point in my life. And I didn't know anyone here besides the people that she knew. Right. And so I felt just really alone and lonely and it was a really hard time for me and I was depressed and I I just wanted to be happy again Mm -hmm. and so I remembered back when I was a kid sitting in a drum set and just wailing away on the drums and just getting lost in the rhythm and everything else just fading away. And so I was like, I'm going to buy myself a drum set. Mm-hmm. So I bought myself a drum set uh-huh. and uh, I got some hand percussion uh, drums as well. And I, you know, I felt really alone and wanted to like, you know, meet people and make some relationships. And so I started going to open mic nights mm-hmm. uh, downtown Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. Right. And, one of those open mic nights, I, uh, had a jam with a guy named Isaac Walton. Uh, he has a band named Current Flow. Mm-hmm.
1: He's a local guy. Oh,
3: okay. Anyways, um, he told me, he's like, you know, my band, we play shows and we get paid. And he's like, I, I don't, I haven't, I need a drummer right now. It's like, uh what would you think about coming and filling in as a drummer in my band, I'll pay you. Mm I was like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) childhood (laughs) dream of being a rock star, you know, it's like coming true. This is my my first ever opportunity uh, to get paid to play music. Beyond that, this is my first ever opportunity to get paid to just do something I enjoy Mm, in general. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that so many people around the world have never had the experience of getting paid to do something that they actually like doing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so I did that for a bit, a few months, and it was incredible. I was, uh, you know, performing in front of people. I felt like a rock star. I was getting free drinks, free food. (laughs) It was really good. Uh, Well, drummers... Are very easily replaced. Mm. So I was replaced by another drummer, and it just all was just ripped out. Oh no! Way. So you know that was really sad. But um I think that you know sometimes when something like that happens, it like motivates you to like figure out how to make it work.
0: It's like a challenge forward, or, yeah, or something where but like one door
2: closes, then another door opens and you can try something new.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, at that point I, so I have, I worked in the mental health field previous to music. Um, so I have a bachelor's in psychology and master's in social work. Um, I was working as a therapist and as an elementary school counselor. And, uh, if you know anything about public school employees, um, they don't get paid very much, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, anyway, in Idaho,
2: let me yeah. just say that, yeah, it's yeah, not very great. Yeah.
3: So I I was trying to figure out different ways to make money. Um, I wanted to I wanted to get back to that professional music scene like doing something that I enjoy and getting paid for it. And um, I was like, how can I do that? And so I was working a day job as an elementary school counselor. Um, I was donating uh, the plasma from my blood uh, (laughs) for cash. Um, I was an uh, Airbnb host. I had turned my basement into an apartment and Mm -hmm. hosting people. Um, And then uh, I was sitting in a donation bed at BioLife, and donating my plasma and I was flipping through percussion related videos just dreaming about you know making this happen you know and so I, I came across this video on YouTube of a guy playing this instrument called a handpan and I had never seen it before this was about a decade ago
1: uh-huh.
3: and uh, I I was I was so amazed I was like wow that's incredible and then I was like I can do that and then I was like I bet you that's my ticket into being a professional musician hmm and I was like you know trying to figure out how I can make it as a soloist mm-hmm. because I had already done the band thing and that you didn't want work. to get
0: kicked out again yeah, yeah I was yeah. like
3: and, and you know as a percussionist and a drummer it's like you're always relying on someone else
0: mm-hmm
3: to be an accompaniment for them Mm -hmm. you're never the one that's in control right you know and i was like that's not gonna work for me i'm I'm a i'm a lone wolf i i kind of like to like do Mm -hmm. my own thing Mm -hmm. so i was like i want to do my own thing so i saw this this instrument i was like i can be a professional percussionist on my own Mm -hmm. as a soloist and so i was like i'm gonna do that so it took me three years to get one because they're so expensive so hard to find
0: Oh the the hand pan mm-hmm. drums are How how expensive not, are they? Not
3: anymore. Now oh. they've become a lot more accessible now.
0: Okay, okay.
1: But, but back, back then, then
3: about 10 years ago, yeah. It was like not only like did you have to have the money to buy it, mm-hmm. but you also had to have like connections. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, interesting. Yeah. Huh. It's
3: like, like when they market. <laughs> the, yeah. So the instruments only been around for a couple decades. Uh-huh. It was originally invented around the year 2000.
1: Mm -hmm. so
3: back when it was first invented it was like super exclusive like crazy exclusive only one person only one company was making them and in order to get one you actually had to fly to switzerland and have a face-to-face interview wow just to be qualified to purchase one (laughs) wow yeah it was ridiculous. <laughs> so there's actually like a really, this instrument has this, how should I say, exclusivity yeah. all around it. And it's not a good thing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing because I, I think it's breeding or it has bred uh, like this elitist mm. mentality, like kind of oh. like I have a hen pan and you don't and oh, interesting. T- yeah. It's, yeah it's really nasty it's oh. uh, yeah it's been from my experience i have had a really awful experience with the community that surrounds it um i'm the type of person i was like i want to be like hey Let's like. Let's all. I actually give away the instruments uh, oh, every God. month. I give away. I give away instruments every single month. I've given away probably over 40 hand pans. You have. Yeah. That's every month. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool.
2: Wow. Do you give I give away on on your on your social yes. media. So
3: how I do that is basically. <clears throat> So let's, so let's, I'm going to tie this into the story here. Okay. Mm-hmm. So basically, um, you know, three years after I discovered the instrument, I ended up getting one. Um, uh, my first one cost me around $2,000. Wow.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea. You know, that's so interesting to me because I look at the hand pan that you play and it reminds me of that Jan- Jamaican right. steel drum. The steel drum. Yeah. But the steel drum is concave That's right. and yours is convex.
3: That's actually where the instrument derived from. Oh, so okay. the guy that first came up with it, um, his company is called PanArt. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. He was a Caribbean steel pan tuner. Mm. So he made Caribbean steel pans. And basically, the story of how the hand pen was created was that um, he had a percussionist from India come to his shop in Switzerland and ask him if he could make a Caribbean steel pan that could be played in his lap with his hands. Mm. And so basically he took two Caribbean steel pans, put them together like this, and it looks like a UFO. Oh.
0: Oh, interesting.
3: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so that's that's where it, it derived from and and so anyways, yeah, my first my first one cost around two grand
0: Did you have to fly to Switzerland?
3: I did not No, <laughs> Yeah, so so that was just like right towards the beginning of when the instrument was created right around 2000 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and Then as it progressed other people started to learn how to make them mm-hmm. Anyways, um, the guy that made my first one was in California <clears throat> so but uh, so I got my first one and I I knew, like, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Like, I knew that I I wanted it to be a professional experience for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I first saw that first video, I, uh, he was performing in a London subway, Mm -hmm. uh, and for tips, do street performance, and I was like, I can do that. Like, mm-hmm. I can do that. So, like, I got my first handpan, and I went downtown here in Coeur d'Alene, Um and I just started testing out different spots all around Coeur d'Alene and uh, just playing music around crowds of people. Mm-hmm. And I, my first, my first real big pot of money that came from street performance was during an art art walk. Um, during the street, the street fair. Uh I found it was actually (laughs) funny. Strangely enough, it was right there. Oh yeah. Right Right outside the the window. Yeah. yeah. That was, that was uh, the spot I sat right there by the clock tower. Mm -hmm. Oh, funny. And, um, I remember coming home and just having like this huge pile of Singles (laughs) singles <laughs> Cash. Cash. Yeah, it, kind of all, it felt like uh, Halloween I felt like I was like <laughs> getting candy. all my candy you know
0: yeah it was all <laughs> that's awesome
3: so anyways that was my first experience with, with street performance and I had such a great uh, time doing it um, and made enough money I recorded an album um, and then I took that album and by the way uh, I just scraped it all by I, I recorded at the Croc Center
0: mm-hmm. oh wow
3: yeah with a guy named Todd O. C. I
2: know Todd
3: yeah and uh, anyways I I recorded an album and uh, he uh, burned the first CD and he pulled it out and he wrote uh, the word up with a period on top of it because it was one of those two sided CDs mm-hmm. oh uh huh he's like, she's like here you go this is how you know which side's which side's up and I was like oh well that's gonna be the name of my first album <laughs> <laughs> so i call it up with a uh, period that was great uh, <laughs> cool. and Love so it. i i literally at that point i just was burning cd's and writing on it with a sharpie
1: mm-hmm. you know uh-huh.
3: my my artist name and up and uh i had a business card i'd, I'd go from business to business i came in here uh, mm-hmm. at one point too uh passing out uh, my cd's passing out my business cards and um you know after, I mean, it was a lot of work. Uh, but uh, people started to start hiring me, you know, mm-hmm. to play music. I played music for the mayor's words for the arts. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so it's going really, really well. And um, I uh, was performing, doing gigs. Um, I was still doing my side hustles with Airbnb and uh, BioLife and I was still working my day job. Mm-hmm. And I was getting to a point where I was like like just dreaming just you know i i want to do this full time i want this to be my thing Mm -hmm. i i was not feeling very fulfilled in my job as an elementary school counselor i loved what i did i loved helping people i loved being a part of the community Mm -hmm. um but it was so stressful um and it just like i was getting this point where like I was dreaming and loving my music career and not loving my career as a school counselor. And it was, it got to this point where like my passion for being a school counselor was not there anymore. Right. <laughs> and a new principal had gotten hired and I couldn't get along with her. <laughs> Some things came out, it didn't work out and <laughs> I ended up being asked to resign.
4: Hey ladies, have you heard about Nia yet? Hi, I'm Marilee Wallace and I'm a proud board member of the Coeur Arts and Culture Alliance and owner of Nia, that's short for the North Idaho Alliance. We specialize in leadership development specifically focused in connecting women to programs, workshops and networking to educate, empower and enrich their lives. Our goal is to make it positive impacts in the community while helping other women in North Idaho succeed. Next up is our annual Onward and Upwards Women's Conference set for may 24th and our new event women with cool jobs scheduled for early summer and then keep a lookout to register for our super popular women of impact leadership roundtable series that begins every september so i hope you'll look us up we're at the find us on facebook or just give us a call 208-660-1557 go out and make it an impactful day
0: so I'm looking at your and I'm looking at your handpan and I see that the holes are a different size, which obviously is giving you the different notes. That's right. Can you flip it over and play the other side?
3: Yeah. So this is actually a really special handpan okay. um, that actually. I don't think that, I don't even know if there are hardly any of them out there in the world. Um, It's a double-sided handpan. So there's plenty of handpans out there that have, this is the bottom where Mm -hmm. the hole is. Uh There's plenty of handpans out there that have bottom notes like this. But there's actually, as far as I know, not very many handpans out there that have a full scale on each side so this is actually so like this is a full scale of notes here right mm-hmm. it's kind of like an octave and then this is a second full scale of notes so okay. like <clears throat> so like uh basically when people have bottom notes they'll they'll play you know both of them at the same time whereas like oh, for this one yeah. for me i like to play each one separately mm-hmm. and it's like a, it's basically like two hand pans in one mm-hmm. so that's the bottom and then this is the top here
2: is it in a certain key
3: that's right yeah so this one, uh, the top is a D minor scale.
0: I was gonna say it cool. sounds like a minor Yeah.
3: Cool. So and then this one's an E major scale. Oh, okay. Nice. So that's the other thing I really like about it, is like so like a, a major scale is gonna sound like happier. Mm-hmm. Like kinda like the white keys on the piano. Right. And then uh, a minor scale is gonna sound more like the black keys on the piano. Right. Sound a little bit more mysterious, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I love that. Plus you've got the middle one on the top.
3: Yeah, so that's like the bass note, yeah. I've got uh, a a popular uh, birthday song. Oh, and yay. this this is my birthday oh, song. Oh yeah, I've here. seen some of the
0: TikToks.
2: Cool. Thank you. I, it's so
0: I, just can't, I know, I it's, love it.
2: It is very soothing and it does feel like you're just by the water. It yeah. has and also has like a I don't know, it feels very spiritual. An ethereal, <laughs> an ethereal <laughs> feel it. Is that where that comes from? <laughs> ethereal in E?
1: <laughs> I don't
2: know. I love it though. It Thank sounds you. so beautiful. Thanks. How do you learn so did you learn did you Play just by yourself.
3: You yeah, know? yeah. So I mean, um, when I was a kid, um, I grew up in a family on my mother's side of the family where it was like a generational tradition that all the kids went and took piano lessons. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I learned how to take. I learned how to play the piano. When I was a young child, I can't remember how to play it all at all anymore. <laughs> right? I was actually pretty, I can
0: relate to that. <laughs> I was actually pretty good yeah. at
3: one point, but I can't remember it at all anymore and uh, anyways, uh, then I got into playing the drums, I took some drum lessons, mm-hmm. so I mean I have some like music background education, I mm-hmm, guess you right. would say training um, and then uh then yeah, like when I was in college, uh, I think i I started to get into like hand percussion. Then I bought myself a drum set. I played uh, drums at the church I went to as a kid. I played drums at the church I went to as an adult. Um, So, I mean, I've got some experience with percussion, music in general. And then uh, when I got a handpan, I had never, well, I take it back. So So there was a summer, it was, God, Probably around eight years ago, I would say I first saw the instrument ten years ago. so like nine eight or nine years ago i uh, was I was over by Independence point, and I was with my girlfriend at the time and uh we were just walking it was summertime and uh there was a guy that had a handpan uh mm. that was over by independence point his name is squid Sampson. that's what he oh, goes by oh i know you know squid yes because yeah. he
0: played at our mardi gras
3: yeah yeah that's right yes yeah. okay yeah so i um i was walking by independence point and i saw him with the handpan and i was just like my jaw dropped because <laughs> I had never seen one in person before. Because at mm. that point they were really rare, right? Mm-hmm. And like, oh my God, you're my unicorn! I was like, <laughs> I've, I've never seen a handpan before. I was like, can I try it? And he let me try it, and and then he connected me with the guy that and the making mine. Anyways, um, <clears throat> I finally got the handpan um, three years later after I first saw that video, uh, first video. It came and I opened up the box and I went and I tapped on it and it made like a thud sound and I was like oh shit I was like (laughs) I just spent all this money (laughs) and have this dream and I don't even know how to play this thing Mm. (laughs) (laughs) so I like quickly like started looking up tutorial videos on YouTube and Mm. uh um, it came pretty quickly, though. Oh, I mean, yeah. So, like, w- the first initial, like, touches, if you don't have someone showing you how to do it, then, like, it can be kind of tricky. Mm-hmm. But, like, once you, like, figure out how to strike it, mm-hmm. and then once you also learn how to play with both hands at the same time,
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
3: the rest of it is actually really easy mm-hmm. and really simple. and And really, so, and this is also why I have a source of contention with the handpan community because like i said there's this this, like elitism uh, Mm. within the handpan community kind of like i have a handpan and you don't my handpan costs (laughs) four (laughs) thousand dollars and so like and and they all, uh, it's it's also interesting like you know like i said this kind of elitism like i i feel like there's so much like cutthroat competition within the paint community because like it was such an exclusive instrument mm-hmm. that like kind of like the people that did have them were like, oh my God, like, wow, bow down to these right. people. And then the people that make them, it was like, oh my God, they're gods. Worship them, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. That's that's really how it was. Honestly, it still is kind of that way. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm the type of person that's like, you know, hey, let's like make this instrument affordable. Let's mm-hmm. like give this instrument away. Like, let's put it into as many hands as we can. Let's show people that it's not really difficult like, I feel like a lot of people in the handpan community want you to think, oh, this instrument is so hard to play, mm-hmm. which makes me amazing because I'm a master. This <laughs> right. It's like, no, like, literally, all you've got to do is put it in your lap and tap on it. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. not that hard. It's really and not that hard. do you make
0: the music up as you go?
3: I just make it up as I go. You do. Like, Love yeah. that. Oh, uh-huh. that.
0: I think that's really I fun. think it's, yeah. 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 What a great way and to. And
3: it's, it's really simple. Like, yeah, totally. If you can tap on something, you can play handpan. It's not well. that Hard.
2: So we know that you, you've you been doing this a while, and then it all stopped,
3: right? Yeah, so basically, um, you know, like I said, I, I got my first hand pen. I was doing gigs, um, things were going really well with my music career, taking off, I was performing, um, things were starting to not go so well with my career uh, as a elementary school counselor you know that was also another really low point in my life Mm -hmm. and uh, it was actually so low that um, I actually just had this emotional breakdown and I started having suicidal thoughts Mm -hmm. I just was so depressed I was so anxious I couldn't sleep and I admitted myself into the psych ward three different times And uh, I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder, which actually was a really good thing um, because it got me the help I needed and got me on the right medication for me. And anyways, in the process of like getting healthy and, Finding things that make me happy. I was realizing that you know music was one of those things, and I was trying to decide if I should get another job in the mental health field or if I should just go all in with my music career. Right. And I went to some interviews at the time, and it was so bad. I, I at one point I was crying during an interview, <laughs> and another point, um, somebody asked me, "Well, why do you want this job?" And I said, "I don't." <laughs>
1: I just don't. <laughs> and,
3: and they're like, they're like, well, why, why are you here? I was uh, like, I need the money.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you were honest. You know.
3: I didn't get that job. You didn't get no. that job. <laughs> no. So anyways, I, i I got to this point where I was like, okay, well, like I'm going to really just go for it with my music career. Mm-hmm. This was right around the same time as the pandemic was starting. Right. Ugh. And, uh, which is really interesting, the timing of all that. So anyways, on my Facebook page, just all of a sudden, I, at that point I was pretty much exclusively doing Facebook was for my social media. I mm-hmm. don't know where my Facebook uh, page got monetized. Oh I got, yeah. And oh, I, I that? think that, I oh. think that it might've been like kind of like this Facebook push with the pandemic mm-hmm. that like just started like monetizing people's pages mm. that, during the pandemic.
0: Mm-hmm. And how did that, how does that happen? I mean, I
3: I could, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I was, you know, really working hard and trying to like, you know, put content out there and, mm -hmm. you know, build a following, which I think at that point I might've had like 44,000, uh, followers on, on Facebook. Wow.
0: Yeah. And then, and they saw that and knew that advertisers would love to be, I don't know. forty four thousand well, sure. eyes yeah, look at it. Exactly.
3: Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure. somehow. It but works uh, out. you know, yeah. I got the notification that your page has now been monetized. and and one of the the big things that like really hooked me with the monetization was there was this uh, part of the monetization that was a subscription program mm-hmm. that was, if you've heard of Patreon,
0: I have not.
3: Okay. Well, um, it, they basically copied what Patreon does. So, basically, your followers pay a subscription, monthly subscription, like $5 a month. And then, as a creator, you offer them something exclusive in return. Oh. Mm. So, for me, what I decided um, that I wanted to do was I was I had already been testing the waters with this. I was doing handpan raffles. Mm-hmm. So, again, the instrument... Uh, Really exclusive, very expensive, right. uh, very hard to get. Mm-hmm. Um, I had already started working with a hand pen maker to like start making content for them right. and promote their instruments. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had done by that time two different hand pen raffles. So basically, I had people buying raffle tickets and then I gave away a handpan to one of those uh, people with mm-hmm. their raffle tickets. Mm-hmm. And so I had this idea. It's like, oh my God, people are paying $5 a month. Could I get enough people to pay $5 a month in order to raise enough money to buy a handpan and give it away? Right. Mm-hmm. And so that was my theory. And I... Thing I didn't realize at the time was that Facebook only pays out what you make two months later. Oh, so I dove in and Mm. I said, okay, I'm giving away hand pan. I didn't get the funds from my, uh, you know, giveaway months. for a couple months. So I ended up having to pay out of my pocket. Yeah. So that was really a super huge risk. Um, but it ended up paying off. That was over three years ago now. Mm-hmm. Um I've been I have given away at least one handpan every single month, uh, in the last three years. That's crazy. So, yeah. And uh and then as time has progressed, uh Basically, I had another hand pen maker want to start working with me, and I told them about what I was doing. They're like, yeah, let's do it. We'll, we'll provide the, the instrument. You just promote us. At that point, I was buying the instruments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this was like a game changer. I went to my sure. other oh, uh, yeah. hand pen maker who was I was purchasing the instruments from. Him. I'm like, hey, by the way, this hand pen maker is going to start giving me instruments. Yeah. Right. Um, do you want to get in on this? Yeah. I'm not going to buy them from you anymore.
2: Because yes, right. <laughs> I can get them for free. Yeah, yeah.
3: So, they, they jumped in, too. Good.
2: Oh, that's yeah. Cool.
3: And then I started having like competition. At one point, there was uh two different makers that were providing three hand pans in a month each. Wow. That was really crazy. And then it fell off and so now it's just one hand pen a month. But now I also have some other instruments that I play called tongue drums. And uh I have instrument makers providing those for the giveaways as well. Oh that's fun. cool. Yeah. And so back then I was only doing it on Facebook. Uh then uh basically what happened is pandemics going on and uh moving over to TikTok now um at this point you know i'm full-time uh music basically in 2020 music was my uh first the first time music was my primary source of income 2021 uh, music was my first time my uh full source of income only mm-hmm. source of income mm-hmm. and uh anyways uh pandemic's happening at this time and uh i uh um my my kid is on tiktok oh right and um i had never heard of tiktok i don't know anything about tiktok my kid's on tiktok um my girlfriend gets on tiktok to connect with my kid on tiktok and then my girlfriend starts showing me uh TikTok videos yeah, and gets me hooked and, and she's showing me this guy on TikTok that's a handpin player and he's uh, built a following of, I want to say like 200 some thousand followers on How? TikTok and I'm just like blown away because at that point I had built a following of like 40, 50,000 and then I started using advertisements to grow my following mm-hmm. and I'm like, this guy built a following in months. With up to thousands of followers, and I just was inspired and intrigued. And I was oh, like, right. I reached out to him, and he was telling me about it. And, and I was like, I'm gonna, I gotta get on TikTok. And so I got on TikTok summer of 2020, and uh, it didn't hit at first, I really struggled at first, mm-hmm. but like after oh, maybe a couple months or so, it just started steamrolling
1: mm-hmm. like wow. crazy.
3: So, summer 2020 is when I joined TikTok. Um, fast forward to now, I have 8.6 million followers. It's,
0: I cannot it. believe it. Congratulations. That. That's awesome. Right. <laughs> so it took it took about three years for you to build yeah. that.
3: Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. And the, the other cool thing about it as well is that basically it works as kind of like an umbrella. Mm-hmm. So like uh, the more you grow on TikTok, the more everything else grows as sure. well. Sure.
1: Oh really? So, yeah, they all So kind of my feed.
3: my YouTube channel just hit a million followers, a million wow. subscribers. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> and truly truly to this day I have hardly put any energy into YouTube at all. Yeah. Really. The only thing I do and um, so basically what I did was with TikTok, I would make content on TikTok and then I would take that same content and I'd share it across all the other all the platforms. Other pl- yeah. yeah. And so well, really it was me just making TikTok content and then sharing it to other platforms. Mm-hmm. And so my, oh. my Instagram now has almost 300,000. Mm. My Facebook has three, close to 350,000 and uh, Snapchat has 100,000. Hey y'all, it's Jason from Tubbs Coffee Roasters. We are North Idaho's specialty coffee roaster. We are homegrown and we are local. We love coffee and we love our community, especially Allie and Callie and ArtCast. We have a retail space in our roastery in Hayden, and we can also be found on the shelves at Super One and Yolks. And if you like to buy coffee online, we do offer subscriptions. You can find us at TubbsCoffeeRoasters.com. Support arts and culture and your local roaster. That's all. Do you Um, think
0: you'll get back out there and perform again? Do you want to?
3: Well, um, I I don't know what's coming my way, but like I said, I'm trying to be more open to what comes my way. And something that has come my way um, that I am going to be doing as performing um, is in beginning of June first week of June I'm going to be performing uh, on stage for uh, a GoPro festival in Vail, Colorado oh cool fun yeah and like I'm super stoked about that because that'll be fun I, I've i had this also had this dream that I want to travel the world yeah and I want someone else to pay for it
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's oh, the best that's way that's the that's
0: a great dream
3: right
2: like, don't we all I have can. that dream <laughs> too we have the same dream.
3: <laughs> oh my god. So honestly, that's kind of like been that's perfect. what's fueled me mm-hmm. all these years. I, I've I've kind of thought like maybe if I my music career gets good enough, like. I'll, somebody will pay for me to travel. Mm-hmm. Right. And and that's honestly kind of like been my fuel all along. Right. And so this, this opportunity has come about, and uh, they're paying for me to travel there. That's and awesome. And covering all my expenses and paying me as well. Right. Which is incredible. And then I've got another opportunity coming up. I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but it looks like it's... In the works of happening, Um, I've been working with a talent agency who has been trying to get me uh, to do some uh, shows in the UK. Ooh, so uh, so London in Mm -hmm. in September uh, is what is on the docket. Nothing's official yet, but right, performing in London in September. Yeah, wow. So that's really exciting too. That
0: is fun. really exciting. And so
3: that, that's like that's like my dream. Like I want to more with of music. those opportunities. Yeah. Right.
0: That's yeah. awesome. So
3: <clears throat> not cool. saying that I wouldn't do anything here in Court d'Alene, but, but that's like awesome. what I really wanna do. Yeah. Like I really wanna like go travel the world and, and, and you know, I don't know if like maybe like <clears throat> you know, I've thought of this too like, you know, I've been a street performer mm-hmm. and I'm comfortable with being a street performer. Um Maybe uh, it means I go travel the world as a street performer, also, and that's part of how I support myself, and like document it online on social media,
2: doing that as well. So, so I
3: don't know. So that's that's something that's that's a possibility too. Yeah. So I don't really know What's on the horizon But I I know what I'm dreaming of And what I What I want to do And And so
0: Well oh, and I think the fact that you're open To the opportunities I think that's great. And you're You're happy doing what you're doing and
2: doing Yeah You're yeah. happy playing your music Which mm-hmm. is You know Healing It's, it's healing And it's it's peaceful and it's mm, ethereal. You. Well, maybe we should have you play one more little ditty. Yes, but before
0: we do that, okay. I this is completely off the subject, Yeah. but I am absolutely fascinated with dreads. Oh, sure. Oh, I yes,
3: love Yeah. Them. Let's talk about it. Yeah, my yeah.
0: daughter-in-law had dreads. She ended up shaving them all off, but how do you get them? I know that I could not... Live with dreads because I like to run my fingers through my mm. hair, and I realize that that you can't work
3: out. Yeah. You can, you can you still can. run just, your fingers through know, it, yeah. just, it's just, yeah, not as careful. fine, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm glad you asked <laughs> that because honestly, I, I love my, my dreads, and uh, but there's also like a lot of controversy around dreads, even like the word dreads. I did a video a while back about my dreads for a while, I was getting a lot of hate for my hair.
0: Oh, really?
1: Silly. Yeah,
3: because there's people out there that think that white people should not have dreadlocks.
2: Uh, oh, yeah. I would have never even thought that.
3: And think, <laughs> think that it's a cultural appropriation to have dreadlocks.
2: Oh, huh, okay.
3: Me personally, I know, because I have the experience of having dreadlocks, this type of hairstyle Mm -hmm. that it's just a natural it's a natural hairstyle like if if you were to stop brushing and combing your hair
0: it would go there
3: it would turn into into
0: this yeah and you just
3: naturally don't you just
2: turn it and spin it
3: so basically you can go about it several different ways one of the ways is like i said you go to bed and you wake up you get like knots in your hair right right Mm -hmm. well that's the start of locks in your hair. Right, okay. Your hair is locking up. Mm -hmm. Right? So that's one way you can do it. Another way you can do it, which what I did was called backcombing. Mm-hmm. So basically, you separate your hair off into sections, mm-hmm. and then you take a metal comb, and then you just back comb towards right. your scalp.
0: We used to do that when to, we tease were, yeah, to tease your hair. our hair. tease yeah. our hair, right. Make yeah, it. so
3: if you were to have done that and then just left it, eventually it would turn into locks like this. Oh,
0: okay. How long did it take for. So
3: basically, yeah, this was. Um, I started mine, so I grew my hair out, uh, and then I started my locks, it's been just over seven years now.
0: Wow.
3: Yeah. Um. And then after that, it's just a matter of like, just keeping them separated, because they'll all want to grow together, Mm. so keep them separated, and then, uh, yeah, it just turns into this over time. Uh,
0: They're so cool.
3: Thank you. I call them locks, because throughout my posting about it, and people hating on me about it on Uh social media, I was told that... To call them dreads is... Uh, Derogatory. Insulting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was told that you call them locks. See? To be more... Okay, you know. we didn't know. But I was going to say, the story behind why I have locks and a big beard uh, is um, I knew that I wanted to be a professional musician. hmm And I... This was... Got over a decade ago. And I was trying to figure out how can I make that happen? Mm-hmm. And, and I thought about you know, legendary musicians uh, like ZZ Top and (laughs) Adam Duritz and uh, Bob Marley, Mm -hmm. you know, have a, a unique look, look about them mm-hmm, right Right. and and that makes them memorable right you know you remember ZZ Top because of their beard yep, you remember absolutely. Bob Marley because of his hair, his hair. Uh-huh. right and so I was like okay well what can I do and I was on a road trip down California coast once and I passed this guy who was riding a bicycle big red beard and I was like oh my god look at that guy's big red beard and, and uh, I kept going pulled off stopped at the beach and uh, started driving again and I see the guy and the bicycle again like a big red beard and I'm like oh my god there's a the guy with the big red beard and I like stop again and I went to go pass him again third time I see him big red beard I'm like oh my god this is the I sign. gotta I gotta this stop and, sign. I gotta stop and, and talk to this guy and I realized hey I can grow a big beard yeah and I was like oh, that'll be part of my thing I'll grow yeah. a big beard and right. then I, later on I was like I can put my hair in, in locks yeah. part of me, my thing you know? there you
0: go yeah. well let's hear some more
3: yeah, yeah. you bet okay And you're playing with ballads.
0: I know. Well, thank you so much for visiting with us. Yeah. And well, we really appreciate
2: having you here today thank you and for having hearing me. your story, and we're glad you're around.
0: And I'm excited Thank for you. what you have coming. Yeah. That'll be great.
3: Thank you. I'm um it's it's been uncertain, but uh I'm trying to keep an open mind. He mm-hmm. will be uh, here, that's there, why I'm here, everywhere. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Maybe you'll yeah. be Just in trying London. new things, yeah. Yep. Why not? I know, yeah. Maybe cool, I'm go going that's to Portugal in October. Maybe going, I'll see you in Portugal. That would I'm going be to cool. Italy <laughs> in the end of May, so you yep. might not awesome. be there. I know.
2: Well, you never know. Maybe next time. Next time. When we go. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Maybe we'll all go. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Well, thanks so much. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome.
3: Thank you. Hi.
2: And I'm Allie. And I'm Callie. And whatever you do today, make sure it's creative.
0: The Allie and Callie Artcast is a program of the Coeur d'Alene Arts and Culture Alliance and is sponsored by Nia. North Idaho Alliance, a woman-based leadership organization designed to inspire, uplift, and impact your community and lives. And Tubbs Coffee Roasters, globally sourced, locally roasted coffee.